That was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I've started recording the Skype just uh, on the off chance that something okay. goes wrong with anybody's feed, and then we've at least got the backup. So nice. nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna start recording my audio now. Then. Yeah, I did. Hell yeah. <coughs> That's good. I'm recording. Oh, Andrew, I feel like I haven't seen you in ages. I missed I've you. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time. I've been so busy. I'm so tired. If, if you can't see the dark circles under my eyes, then uh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I, just, I should just say before we start, I know I'm in good company because I just realised uh, Bella's wearing a T-shirt with my favourite ending from any movie of all time. So I'm absolutely <laughs> delighted with that. Can be a best <laughs> sleepaway camp. One of my favourites. So, one of mine too. I, I love that movie so much. <laughs> Does it also just say no turfs? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not not a quote from the movie, I don't believe, but even so. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Oh gosh, gosh, yeah. I I feel you though. I'm 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 tired. I'm this whole thing's full. Let's put it that way. This thing's my head. <laughs> I, I've been, I can't even complain. I'm tired from playing too many video games. I've just oh. finished my Super uh, Mario Party Superstars review, and oh. now I'm straight on to Shin Megami Tensei 5. Oh. So I'm just like, oh, nice. thank God, another small one. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's like at least 80 hours. <laughs> don't, I don't. I, the, the review embargo is over a week before the release as well. It's, it's next Thursday. And I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> so that's my weekend. <laughs> I'm about yeah, to do right, Riders Republic, which is really annoying because the, the, it's not actually going live until tomorrow, which is when the game's out. And it's like, well, there's no embargo. Just review it when you can. I'm like, well, that's not good. <laughs> so, Great. That, that doesn't instill confidence. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I feel like that's just becoming such a common thing with Ubisoft in general. It's just like, well, no, everyone gets to play at the same time. So you get to review it then. It's like, yeah. great. Well, that gives me three yeah. days to get something up so it's relevant. Yeah, lucky yeah. us. It means a load of people buy it without knowing if it's shit or not. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. I wonder if that's by design or anything. Couldn't be. Mm, who knows? <laughs> I was a little bit worried the servers for Mario Party didn't come on until today. Uh, but I was been playing it through work. It's been cracking. Absolutely fine. No <laughs> slowdown, no stuttering. Ran like a dream. Is that, uh, is that Mario Party good? I've been thinking of picking it up. I think it's much better than Super Mario Party. But I, I quite disliked Super Mario Party. Oh, it had yeah. no maps. Yeah, it was just squares. And the mini games were all like, I will never get that tricycle mini game out of my brain. <laughs> the other one, you've got the Joy-Con and you're like that. I've got it just yeah! full of crap like that. So it's it's very nostalgic. It's got loads of interesting mini games. There's a couple where like you have to like rotate the circle, the, the analog stick and yeah, stuff. I can't believe like, they put those back in it. Like the yeah. Tug of War one and stuff. You want to destroy your, jo- you want to destroy your Joy-Cons. Exactly. <laughs> of of all the analog sticks to break. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but more often than not, the ones that like you know you're figuring out you're you know that actually feels like there's a bit of game to them, not just shaking mm. the remote and just shouting fuck come on, like <laughs> it's it's good and the maps feel strategic. Like I'm nice. I'm really chuffed with it. I still think it's a little bit bare bones. I think it could have a little bit more to it. Like there's only eight characters. There doesn't look like there's anything to unlock really, other than like stickers which you can use online. But um, mm. you can read my full thoughts tomorrow. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm totally all getting right. the editor to put all this in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'll be past the bargain. Put up That's tonight. fine. <laughs> we have a hot exclusive scoop on on opinions for Mario yeah. Party. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be fine. Break, I don't, breaking yeah. news is decent. I don't think I'm saying anything daring. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! 
All right. Um, okay, so I've, I have four minutes and 15 seconds of audio we've already recorded. It's incredible. <laughs> of, just okay. this, of just this chatting. All right. Who's uh, Andrew, am I hosting? If you don't mind, if, if you're happy to. That's absolutely fine. Absolutely okay. fine by me. Uh, just it means I need to be uh, a little bit more alert. I was I was just uh, already I'm quite tired and was just sat there like oh. I could just go to bed, but that's not Lots good. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Slap around the face. Would that help? <laughs> oh, maybe. Cool. Awesome. Right. I'm going to get um, oh. the clap as well. Remember. Oh, we do. Oh, my God. I always oh, forget yeah. this. Andrew, yeah. thank God you're here. <laughs> It's right. so vital. <laughs> I like had a little anxiety attack just thinking about not having a clap. <laughs> okay, cool. I'll count to three and we'll, we'll clap on four. Okay. Everyone ready? Yep. Uh-huh. One, two, three. And welcome to episode 10 of the Cultcast. It's me, your host, Nathan Ellensworth. And today I have got some wonderful guests. First up, I want to talk about the people that we may know. Hey, Bella, you're here to join us. I'm here to join y'all and talk about horror movies. I'm excited. Yes, wonderful. Uh, Andrew, lovely to see you back on the Hello. pod. Yes, I'm back. It feels like I've been away forever. and I've just heard a firework go off outside. So enjoy that. Nice. <laughs> people listening uh, today we've got a very special guest we are joined by the one and only chris scullion hi chris hello how are we all today good doing, very good doing well how are you i'm good um i'm very good i'm tired tonight but i'm constantly tired as anyone who knows me will attest so it's, it's actually not special in any way at all so yeah i don't, I don't even know why i brought it up I don't think I've ever seen you not be writing a book in the last five years. So, Mate, um, yeah, I'm, fin- I'm, just, I'm mad rush to get one finished just now by the end of the year and then straight on to the next one. So fun times. Incredible. Yeah. That's, hey, well, I mean, first up, Chris, it'd be lovely to have a chat with you about kind of um, the stuff you've got on at the moment, your projects. And for anybody that doesn't know you, uh, where they can find your work and what, you, what you're what you're um, what you're known for. Cool. Um, well, I am a video games journalist for my sins. Um, for the last 15 and a half years I've been doing it. So I was originally on the official Nintendo magazine in the UK and then worked for a bunch of other publications like CVG and Games Master. I did a bit of freelance for them. Um, more recently, I've become the games editor of VGC, Video Games Chronicle, which is a kind of uh, unofficial spiritual successor to CVG. Um, and yeah, but I, I, other than that, I have my own site called Tired Old Hack, where I do kind of weird video games coverage and retro game stuff. And back in 2009, I set up a site called That Was A Bit Mental, which focused on kind of strange horror movies, um, which has been kind of on hiatus for the past five years or so, but is actually coming back in a few days' time. Um, so... Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I, I fit in in the horror scheme of things. Uh, but yeah, and also, yeah, I, I write books like all the time. So I'm just finishing a book on the Nintendo, a Nintendo 64 encyclopedia. Um, and then next year, um, I'll drop a wee exclusive here for you just now, which everyone can kind of, because uh, I've not told anyone this yet. But um, next year, I'm doing the Dreamcast encyclopedia. Um, so that'll be the next one. So, yeah. Nice. You have just made Andrew's week. <laughs> you really have. He's glowing. I just see that natural glow. Yeah. Is that also going to be a good one because it's a mercifully small portfolio? 
It is, and it isn't. I mean, I've, I've noticed with the Nintendo 64 one, like the last one I did before that was the Mega Drive Genesis Encyclopedia. And because I also counted 32X and Mega CD, like Sega CD games, it was nearly a thousand games. Um, and That's so a that was just at that point. Oh, it, it was crazy. But with the Nintendo 64, we're talking about 400 games, but I didn't want to kind of shortchange people and give them like a smaller book. So the book's the same thickness. It's just most of the games are a full page now instead of a quarter page. So basically the fewer the games, the more words they get. Um, so it's still the same amount of work. It's just you get to read a bit more on each one. So, yeah, I, I'm just I, I, I'm obsessed with giving myself more work than I need to. So it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> hence the yeah. tiredness. That's so I cool. Think... That's awesome, though. Thanks. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's still fun to do. I'm sure. Like I've got a deal, thankfully, with the publisher where I just do one every year. So I'm sure in ten years' time I'll just be sick of it. But for now, I'm still enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and people can get um, your books uh, quite often. They pop up on Amazon, don't they? I don't know how much of the stock is uh, is actually available, but people can find your books right now, can't they? Yeah, the the hardback ones generally sell out after six to twelve months, but they, we we kind of regularly do paperback versions just to top up. So the NES and SNES encyclopedia are kind of readily available just now. The Mega Drive Genesis ones out this week, um, and then yeah, Nintendo sixty four next year. So, and then just every October, roughly new ones come out. So, yeah, nice. fun times. Nice. What are you going to do when you run like out a... of consoles? <laughs> what was that? So what are you going to do when you run out of consoles? Oh, I don't think I'll ever. I, the problem is I'll run out of manageable consoles because it's, it's going to get to the point where I, I have to start doing systems that have got like 2,000 games and that's when like my, my mind will just melt. Like I don't, I'm not looking forward to the stage where I do like the PlayStation 2 or, or DS encyclopedia and I'm doing like mm-hmm. language learning games and face yeah. training apps and stuff. So that'll be the fun bit. So, yeah, I'm imagining so ho- 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 having encyclopedia britannical like this whole shelf of like every of every console you just want to read about the pippin you pull out like the like one page pippin volume (laughs) yeah the the post-it note on that um but yeah so so i'm hoping when it gets to the ds like it's it's odd to be wishing i'm dead before something happens but if 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 i'm gonna die it'd be nice to die before i have to write about that um, so you could just stop writing. You don't have to write about it. Some <laughs> of bones, posthumously <laughs> released. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like the the switch could be the one that kills you. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not touching the switch. No, not for, not for a second. <laughs> yeah, no I've got my limits. <laughs> I'll pass that down to my daughter when she's old enough. She can, I'll, I'll look from the grave. I'll be like, <laughs> you have to do that. This is gonna be like your legacy. Your whole family lineage. Just exactly. be like game archival. Exactly. <laughs> Incredible. I think that's a curse at that point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my great 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 grandchild will hate doing the PlayStation 8 encyclopedia with 12,000 <laughs> games in it. What a oh, horrible God. night to have a curse to have to write about video games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Uh, um, so the, the next one up, which is, is that uh, going to be available publicly, the Mega Drive one next week? Mm-hmm. Yep, it should. So the publisher were just getting it in their warehouse this week. Um, it's been a nightmare in the docks, obviously, because of all the uh, the driving the van driver situation. So um, it was supposed to be at the start of the month, but they're only just getting it in now. So um, yeah, you can order it on their site, Pen and Sword Books, um, or Amazon anywhere in the UK, US, Canada, um, anywhere really that sells books should have it up for pre-order. So um, yeah. Oh, good. I was yeah, going to ask. I was going to ask. 
we just keep talking over each other. It's one of those days. <laughs> one of those days. You go first. I was just, I was literally just going to say it will probably be out by the time that this podcast goes live, so people can go buy it straight away. Cool. Nice. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask, I was going to ask for clarification if it was going to be available in the U.S., but now I know you. Yeah. you, you oh yeah. If, 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 you. If, it'll be, if it would be like the previous one, so like. Amazon US, Barnes and Noble will have it. Um, anywhere like in Canada, Indigo chapters will have it. Anywhere really where um, books are sold, you, you, if if it's not in stock, you should at least be able to order it through them. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, uh, I don't know how much all of our readers will be aware of you, but us, a lot of us, have all known you from your games journalist days. I've known you since the days of I was a wee lad reading O and M. So we can all we can all attest to Chris's writing. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's, nothing, nothing makes me feel older than uh, seeing like people who were like literal children when I was writing for Official Nintendo magazine <laughs> and then following me on Twitter and showing me like their child. And I was like, oh, well, this is depressing because you were like 12 when I started. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> it's like really depressing. But yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. You just look up from a video game one day and five years have passed. Exactly. Yeah. Just need to shave. <laughs> right so that is uh that is definitely uh covered very well uh chris's <laughs> recent work and where you can find it um but if you're listening to this you also know about our work so um we represent lock on uh, and volume two is very very nearly uh kind of getting ready to go out the door we've got some samples in it's looking beautiful um and hopefully i, I i'm not going to speak for anything it's on the way. It's 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 getting done. It'll be done soon. I was about to say something very declarative, like I'm sure it'll be on the way by now. <laughs> no, nope, I don't know. That's that's not a thing for me to say. Don't, John will kill you if you do. Yes. <laughs> he will. He will. <laughs> yeah. But, um, if you if you do want to read something in the meantime, please remember that we have got our members club, which has got all of our staff writers contributing uh, new content every week. We do game recommendations. We write uh, our own pieces and we can write about anything we want. Uh, I did a very savage hit piece on Activision that I'm fairly sure I couldn't have got published somewhere. So uh, <laughs> it's it's too hot for uh, <laughs> uh, too hot for TV content from all of us, really. Yeah. Um, and. Also, oh God, my I I am too tired. My I'm barely looking at my my uh, notes here. And also, we've launched uh, Lost Pages, and we should have a couple of those out now, which is kind of our great um, uh, new comic. It's basically one page out of an imaginary comic book, and people put the art in, and it's this. They create worlds and new ideas, but it's just a single snapshot of it, and it's a really cool idea. Um, and yeah, we've got a couple of those now, and they look absolutely fantastic. So if you want to get access to that, our members club is the place to go. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. And just, yeah, shout out to the two artists so far. So Fred Campbell, who did the last one, which is very spooky season related um, and VHS related. It's almost like he created it just for Bella. Um, and then um, <laughs> the, the first one that we had was um, by George J. Arnold, whose style is incredible. And uh, that his piece about um, kind of uh, holo hologra holograms coming to life. It was holograms, mm -hmm. right? Um, was pretty awesome um so yeah and we've got we've got a few more coming over the next few months so keep an eye out for those yeah, yeah. I, I think that i think that that section i think the members club is just very interesting because not only do we have these comics we we not only do we have these game essays that i think you're you're right i don't think could get published other places like i i feel like more freedom like with like where like what i want to do in this platform right but mm -hmm. i i think also the other day we had a we had a review come out of a 
of a uh, Jeff Buckley album. Like, right, we had, we've had book reviews, we've had movie reviews. And I think that like one of the more interesting things about the Members Club is that like, not only are you getting all of the, these very good game writers kind of giving you off the cuff recommendations and writing, you're also kind of getting their, their, their perspectives on other media, which I think that sometimes in like a very SEO driven environment, like we don't get the chance to talk about. And I, I really value that a lot. It's a very interesting grab bag of like really great articles yeah yeah absolutely and I, I like about the recommendations is the fact that they are recommendations rather than somebody being forced to play a game and then write about it is just somebody who can just write about something they really enjoyed and go here play this rather than hey don't play this it's shit <laughs> <laughs> like play yeah. this because i really enjoyed it or watch this because it's really awesome so yeah it's, it's nice to do that i think it makes a change for some people especially if they are already writing about games and i can imagine it get quite <laughs> quite boring to have to write about games that you just don't like so hopefully that's that's a that's a nice change of pace for some people <laughs> it it becomes a job and sometimes hmm. you know you have to pull a news piece out of your ass and you're you're like watching a video four times over thinking how can i make three paragraphs out of this so yeah. sometimes it's nice to write from the heart it's like yeah. it, it like you say it does become like it, it's hard to talk about it with people who have never done it before because they um or, or people have like no idea how it works in the slightest like um like when i go back home sometimes and, and I meet old friends and they say oh, what is it you do for a living now you you just play games for a living all day and, and like yeah kind of and then you go oh, it must be a great life or you've, you've got it easy and it's like well listen some sometimes you've got like you're given a 60 hour rpg in three days to turn it around and it's just like it's, it's, it's all well and good. It's like some people at night think they're going to watch a movie and then say, you know, something I can't be bored watching. I'm not in the mood for a movie tonight. It's like you have to be in the mood <laughs> for, for these games. And that's when it becomes a job. So um, it's the world's smallest violin I'm playing. But at the same time, it's like it does have it does have downsides like like every other job, just maybe like not as many. I think you're right, though. Like, I think, like, I'm I, I'm a big Final Fantasy fan. When Final Fantasy 15 came out, I like, was lucky enough to get to review it, and we got our code, uh, like, I want to say 24 hours before the game came out. And my editor was like, no, you can't take a week to play this. We need to have this up as fast as possible. Yeah. So I oh. just, like, I I installed it, and then I played, I played half of it on the staff account for, like, 13 hours straight and then i transferred my save data over and played for like another like 15 16 hours and that was like that was like a 48 hour period and i mm. didn't sleep because then yeah. i just hammered out the review after that and it's like this is like one of my favorite series and this just is not a fun way it the something that's like supposed to be fun like yeah. you said i think becomes a job right it becomes this obligation so it's really yeah. hard to find that motivation sometimes it's it completely ruined rpgs for me if i'm being honest like when especially when official nintendo magazine there was a period where the ds was just getting rpgs just thrown at it spat at it um on, on like a, a monthly basis and it's just like every month it's like oh what is it now um and it got to the point of destruction like, baby oh just and digging out old like like dragon quest games and here's some final fantasy tactics stuff and here's a remake of rhapsody on ps2 that nobody asked for but here it is anyway so just it got to it gets to the point now that even now when i'm not obliged to review us an rpg that comes out i just i can't go near it I just they, 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 I just associate RPGs with late nights now, and I can't. So that's one thing it's ruined. But everything else is. I still. I mean, I'm still doing it, so it can't be that bad. Yeah. True. Yeah. Video games. I, I don't run. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
sorry, pause. Just give me one second. Sorry, I've just got a little notification on my laptop that's saying my disk space is too low, which isn't good. I'm going to quickly try and get rid of some stuff. Okay. Terrifying. This is how organized I am. Delete, I love Metroid, it, like... delete that Metroid Dread ROM you've got downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, mate. Don't. Can't be bothered. <laughs> oh, I, wow. I've never regretted a comment more in my life. What was that? I, I didn't even know you made a comment. I was, I was just. I, I was the main comment under that Kotaku article. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't even see that. What did you say? I, I, I just said, I said like we all love you know emulation, but the game came out two days ago and we asked for it for twenty years. This has taken the piss. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that comment. I didn't realize that was you, but yeah, no, it, it totally was. It was oh, I'm not, I'm not it, getting, it, too, I'm not getting too much into it, but yeah, but yeah, it was, it was more the fact that they were like. Here's it running on emulators. Here's where you can get that, and here's how you play that, like yeah. in the in the body of text. And I was like, that's really fucking pushing it, guys. Come on. <laughs> I I feel like we've like I I'm I'm never one to be like oh copyright holders, but also it, it's I feel like every single outlet I have ever written for in my life has been you can talk about emulation, we can discuss it, you can talk about emulating a game, you could never tell the reader how to go do that because that yeah. just that lands us in all kind of hot water, and it was just like. It was just kind of like gauche. It was just kind of unexpected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think most people like generally unofficially agree on a kind of statute of limitations for how long a game can exist before emulation kind of becomes fairish game. Um, but two days old really probably isn't it. I think yeah. the lines maybe a wee bit further than that. Like give them give them a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like so. I mean, even like some people are talking about like doing it with Wii U stuff and I'm still a bit mm, yeah. even then I'm a bit iffy about it but two days old's just crazy to be to yeah. be kind of pushing right yeah Andrew you're rec- you're recording the call aren't you yes you may have to get my audio from the call I'm very sorry okay my, my mine's being a nightmare okay I mean if we get if we get the audio it has to be everybody's audio from the call that's the thing oh I'm so sorry Oh. My, my mine isn't letting me start recording again. It's 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 like saying it's crashing. Is this because we're doing the horror movie one? Is this like unfriended? Is some someone else going? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. Sadako is going to come out of the TV. Exactly. Fuck's every sake. every file on your computer is going to be replaced with a Metroid Dread ROM. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, oh right. wow! Hang on. Oh, wow. Oh, so yeah, wait, right. should I stop recording locally? Like that. I said that's something I should just not be doing now. What was sorry? Recording locally, should I just stop doing that? Uh, yeah, we might as well stop. There's absolutely no point. <laughs> I'm so recording. sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> so it's fine. Oh, poor All Mark. Right. Mark, our editor, if you're listening. Hey, Mark. Mark Enjoy the guy for audio, Mark. It'll give, it'll give it that nice Universal Monsters feel. It's my yeah. fault. If, he's, if he needs to be angry at someone, it's my fault. All right. <laughs> okay, let's dive back into it. All right, let's do it. Right, that oh, is yeah, absolutely... Yeah, we the clap. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, oh fuck. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so, confused. So on four. One, two, three. Okay. Cracking. Right. Let's All get right. back to it. <clears throat> Wonderful. That is absolutely enough shilling of both ours and Chris's wares. Let's get on with the podcast. 
Um, so, Chris, as you are our guest, you get to do a fun little game that we like to call the Cult Cast Mash, which is when we make up an imaginary piece of media out of your loves. Um, I don't know if you can see see in front of you how we play this, but um, we're just going to take a few things you like, some of your favourite characters, and make a little scenario out of that. Does that sound good? Yep. Bring it on. Right. So you get to start by picking two of your favourite video game characters. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, sorry, this is going to be... I know, I'll try and make it as, as short a pause as possible because <laughs> I take these things massively seriously <laughs> and then treat all these answers as canon. Um, let's go with Blaze from Streets of Rage. Very um, good. It's a good one. Uh, one of the first kind of female... Uh, characters in a video game that was proper kick-ass and as, as a child i was like she's fucking awesome um and also uh, parappa the rapper nice great it's also awesome. amazing just the embodiment of positivity i love that i can't wait uh, for parappa to beat up cops with blaze <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> So, next, we're going to drop them into the world of the very last video game you played. What was the last game I played? Jesus. <laughs> you play that many, like, when, when you, as soon as you, you'll, you'll, you'll know as well, as soon as you finish reviewing one, your mind just wipes it, and then you, oh, you yeah. start. Um, so the last game I played was... Um, it would have been on the Xbox. I'm also racking my brain trying to think of non-embargoed stuff. Um, <laughs> I played the preview of Forza Horizon. Does that count? The new Forza Horizon? Yeah. That works, yeah. yeah. Well, that. <laughs> so I guess I guess they're driving around. Is What's this one? Is this one Mexico, South America? Yeah, yeah Mexico, yeah. Amazing. Uh, so then the story is the movie that you've watched the most. Which would be A Nightmare on Elm Street. <sighs> Fucking brilliant. Okay. <laughs> They're driving to escape Freddy. It makes perfect it's, sense. I'm assuming Freddy's in a car in this scenario. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he is the car. Yeah, of course. He's, the cop, he's the cop car. <laughs> Amazing. It's well, a cop car that mysteriously gets red and green stripes for no reason. <laughs> I mean, you can customise in Forza. You can make that. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think I will be. And then... Your favourite song plays over the credits. Oh. Um, well, that changes all the time, but probably Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Incredible. Rocking. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture this in my head, and I'm failing, and I it's love it. <laughs> I feel like poor Parappa the Rapper is really lost in this. <laughs> Well, especially because I mean, at least if if if, if the song I chose at the end had a rap in it, then maybe it would have been more yeah. at home. But, He's gonna um, remix it. That's true. He'll just he'll just <laughs> through it, won't he? He'll, he'll absolutely ruin heritage, uh, Hendrix's heritage. That's all good. That's what Parappa does. He, he he fucks up the system. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have we'll have another Parappa the rapper meme within a day. <laughs> Oh god, I miss I miss that little guy. I miss Parappa. I want him back. I want them to do something with with him, rescue him, free him. I know. Remember when it's they massive. tried to they tried to kickstart a spiritual successor, which was like this bunny game, 
that was like a a, a similar sort of like rhythm game and it just fucking tanked it's yeah. kickstart didn't get anywhere i felt so bad it looked oh, really cool yeah. it did it did but it's just like it's parappa's the man do you know what I mean? like you, you you can't uh, even even um jammer lamy which i quite liked but it still wasn't parappa was it? i mean it's, it's like yeah it's james got it's got to be him but um, yeah i think we've all been one. burned on mighty number nine. <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's my answer <laughs> yeah <laughs> Right, so yeah. let's get on to some slasher horror chat. Mm. Um, so, obviously, it's Halloween time. It is the spooky season. And mm-hmm. luckily, that also means we're getting a load of new horror movies and some trailers as well, which, um, at the moment, we're kind of going through this weird slasher movie renaissance where movies are getting reinvented, they're getting sequels out of nowhere. I'm glad we've moved away from the weird, like, torture porn days of the noughties. Not that mm. I have anything wrong with Saw, but... Hostel and other things. No, not for me. No, I'm, yeah. I'm bad. I'm glad we're back in cheesy slasher territory. Um, <laughs> has everyone watched the most recent Scream trailer? Oh, yeah. Yes. I have not watched the trailer. I've been trying to go. I've been trying to not spoil myself on anything going into it. Okay. okay. Not non-spoilery but know, thoughts. But I, but I know, I know the cast. I know the cast is coming back. I know like the general synopsis. I just didn't want to see any of the scenes. You know how you want to go into a movie blind sometimes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But go for it. You, you talk talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> I'm interested. I'm gonna try to piece together this trailer from this discussion. I mean, okay. non-spoilery thoughts. I thought it looked okay. I mean, it, it's weird. Like I was expecting, like, oh, screams coming back, and so kind of. I was on holiday, so I was like, get my phone out and like the crappy like connection 4G to, to kind of try and watch it, and, and I was like. Yeah, looks like screaming. <laughs> that's, that's scream, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so nothing really. I was expecting like the kind of one scene to make me go, oh, but no, it, it looks fine. I, I, I'm sure I'll enjoy it, but I'm, nothing really jumps out yet as oh shit, I can't believe they're doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, it looks good. It it looks like. So you remember when they announced Scream 4 and it was like, oh, like, it's the new generation and yeah. uh, and and here's Sydney again, because, you know, we have to have <laughs> Sydney in it and here's Gail. And but then there's the new people and it looks like that again. It's like, OK, are you just going to do this every 10 years? Are you just going to bring you're going to trot out Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell <laughs> and that and then just put a bunch of young people next to them and go, go kill. <laughs> and they'll, yeah, and they'll make Emma you. Roberts kill someone again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, David Arquette needs the work. He does. He does. He does. I feel like I feel like David Arquette always gets like short shrift. Like he's he's kind of a goon, but he also like you know he he made he made the Tripper, which is a slasher movie I quite enjoyed, and I really wish he would like get more of a chance to do horror stuff beyond being trotted out for a scream again. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you see the wrestling the, the wrestling documentary? Did yeah. that, uh, I didn't know. Cannot kill David Arquette. I think it's called. And like before it, I was like, mm. I, I I could take or leave David Arquette, but by the end of it, I was like, I love this man. Like, <laughs> it's like, cause I don't I don't know if you I don't know if you, how well versed you are in the world of professional wrestling, but um, back in the day, he was massively hated because they made a wrestling movie and they brought him in as a kind of promotional thing and gave yeah. him like the, the world championship and all the and all I the fans. I remember that. Like, what are you doing? This is this is a, a fabled belt, and so he became like the most hated man in wrestling through no fault of his own. It wasn't his decision to to put the belt on himself. Um, but recently, they they made a documentary called I think it's called You Cannot Kill David Arquette. I, I, that might be the title, it might not be. Um, 
and it's about him like his entire life. He's a massive wrestling fan, and he just can't come to terms with the fact that um, ever since that happened, like twenty years ago, wrestling fans have hated him. So he decides he wants to be a wrestler, and he starts on like the independent, like backyard, like broken glass and thumbtacks wrestling to try and prove himself as a proper wrestler. And he basically nearly dies doing it. Um, and his family are like, "What are you doing?" And it's it's, it's really like hard to watch and it's like amazing but he comes out of it looking he comes out of it like a million dollars like one of the greatest guys ever and you're like i love this guy it's hugely recommended i was expecting nothing from it but ended up adoring it definitely worth watching the fact that the fact that he would put himself i think through the trials of the indie circuit which can be so like so completely gnarly compared to like the relatively safer stuff that happens that people kind of just see on tv right is just like that's 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 brutal that's like that reminds me of just like you you have a lot of these like wwe talents who like have have like maybe not had that experience and then you still have ancillary to the roster of mick foley who was just like beating the hell out of each other with like with other dudes with barbed wire in the 90s and so like having that level of experience changes a person i didn't know david arquette like put himself through that that's really cool yeah. and it's really like i mean not not to drop too many massive spoilers but the the the, the most kind of shocking bit in it is where um, he does this kind of hardcore match against uh, one of the kind of most notorious hardcore wrestlers. And I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like an independent wrestler. And you can tell all the way through it, wrestlers hate him because of what he did to wrestling, apparently. So this guy basically essentially tries to kill him. Um, and like they, 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 he keeps fighting, he keeps fighting all the way through it. And they, they ring the bell. He rolls out the ring and runs uh, out of the arena. He's got a tower on his neck. There's blood just spurting out his neck like a fountain. This guy basically tried to slit his throat. Um, and he runs because in the car with Luke Perry's there. This is like because like, he was his friend. Um, is in the car with him, and they basically drive to the hospital to to stop him dying because basically it's attempted murder in the ring because because he's the, you're like Jesus Christ, what am I watching? Um, so yeah, definitely watch it because it's. I need to watch that. That, that, that sounds incredible. Watch. It's amazing. Wow. Jeez, yeah. I mean, no, but, but yeah, scream. We were all like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, scream, scream looks okay. <laughs> I, I think yeah, it doesn't say. doesn't the selling's going to be as good as that documentary. <laughs> I, I think that like the weird thing though is like I said, having not watched the trailer and hearing this reaction is like Scream was Wes Craven kind of like very subversive. I wouldn't say kind of takedown, kind of reverence of like the types of movies that were coming out in the eighties and nineties. It was sort of a rewriting of the rules of slasher movies, like in like the popular sense, and like it was really subversive. And the fact that there's one coming out and the the general consensus is like, it looks like Scream. It's like kind of disappointing that Scream has sort of become the franchise that I think it was sort of riffing on to begin with. Like the the, the Scream face is such an iconic killer at this point. It's up there with like a Michael or a Freddy or a Jason, right? Yeah. 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 You're, you're right. And there's been horror movies since, you know, there's there's room for a, a horror pastiche that, that takes kind of the way the industry has gone. You look at stuff like, obviously, we've had Paranormal Activity. We've had stuff like, um, oh, what's the one with Patrick Wilson? Um, the Conjuring? The Conjuring. The Conjuring. There we go. Thank God that was not in my brain. You know, there, there's been a lot of like really popular horror since. You look at stuff like Hereditary and, and, and Midsummer. like there's stuff that you could really aesthetically and, and uh, like thematically take the mick out of or at least send up. Like there's room for something like a scream nowadays, but it would just have to change. Yeah. yeah. I think the problem is, like, like, like Bella's saying, it looks like Scream, but 
you can you can only have really done Scream once. Like one once Wes Craven did that with the first one, kind of said, "Here are the rules of horror movies." Wink, wink. Um, I mean, they tried it again with the second one by saying, "Here, oh, oh and here are the rules of sequels." Um, oh, we lost someone. We lost Nathan. Oh, he was he'll, recording. He'll come back. Keep on chatting. <laughs> okay, go for it. We see recording though. Uh, no, the, it records. I, I oh, okay. started the recording, so it'll okay, keep I'll, on recording. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to what I was saying there. Um, All right, go for it. Yeah, so just once once Scream had done it once, that that was it. You can't you can't really do it a second. They did it they did it again with the sequel. Although here here are the rules of sequels, and then with the third one, it was like okay, you've kind of lost you've lost us now. <laughs> that that kind of original thing of what Scream was doesn't work anymore, and they could kind of get away with it with Scream Four because then they could go down the angle with oh, and here's what happens when they bring a franchise back after after X number of years, right. but you can't really do it again with, with like the fifth one. It's like you've run out of clever like nod, nudge nudge wink wink things to say and when every other movie after Scream starts doing it and like every slasher movie after it has the black character saying I'm not going on my own the black guy's always dying like every every movie then starts doing it it it, it, it just basically becomes another slasher movie with the Scream characters in it which is fine but it's just not it's not going to have the same impact it's I don't not, think no it's very true I, one of the things I'm not keen about on this one as well is how they've titled it which is just to go the route that everybody seems to go these days, which is just to call it Scream. Like they're re- it's like it's a, it's a, it's not a reboot even because it continues the story. So usually reboots go back right and and take the original title like Halloween when they did the new one. They just took. I mean, it's, even that isn't a reboot technically. It's it's weird. Oh. Why do people insist on using the original title and then just messing up the continuity of the titles? Can you go? Oh, you, did you watch Scream last night? Yeah, which one? Nineteen ninety six or two thousand and two? Like you have to start putting years after them. It just gets on my nerves. Okay, yeah, like like the clever, the cl- oh sorry, you yeah, yeah, you go. I was just going to say really quickly, like the with Scream four, they, they changed the A for the four. It was like Scream four M, and then they could they could have very easily put the five in the S and called it like five five cream. Um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry, Bella, what were you saying? Oh no, I was just gonna say like that 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 point is like especially prescient with the Halloween franchise, which has like mm. three movies called Halloween in it, which is yeah. just ridiculous. Like that's just <laughs> like it's just absurd. And like one of them is a reboot, and then one of them is a half. It's like a half retcon, half sequel, and yeah. then there's just the original one. It's 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 mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. To be fair, it could have been worse. It could have confused us even more because because the new the newest Halloween was supposed to be a continuation of the first two. They could have technically called it Halloween three and yeah. undone oh God. the first Halloween three. So then you could have had a Halloween three with Michael Myers in it. Mm. In yeah, just, finally uh, at long last. <laughs> <laughs> it's complete. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah, that's the whole wow. thing, isn't it? I I, I looked at the Halloween timelines the other day because i'm like I'm, i i went to watch i loved the the 2018 halloween i went to watch halloween kills with my mum when i've finally seen her for like the first time in ages we love horror movies so we w- went to watch it and i was like i need to watch all of these and i looked at the timelines and yeah halloween 3 i was like what what is this <laughs> and it's like what was it john carpenter like decided that he wanted to make it into an anthology series of, yeah. of halloween based films that didn't include michael myers and it went so badly wrong that the very next film they brought michael myers back and completely <laughs> pretended that didn't happen it's like, which is a shame it's own in the timeline is its own in- individual film that doesn't take place at all yeah. in the yeah. timeline of any of the others which is, which is a shame because i adore halloween 3 
Oh, really? It's underrated. It's like very unsung, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think if they just called it Season of the Witch, I think it would be looked on a lot more fondly. Although I haven't said mm. that, it, it, it does seem to be getting more popular in, as the years go on. Like you're starting to see like action figures of the the kids and the masks and stuff like that, which which kind of suggests it's definitely got a cult following now, which is which is good to see because it's all it was always one of my favourites, and a lot of people just dismissed it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I my mom is like an old school horror fan. She always told me to skip Halloween three, and then like years <laughs> later, I went back and watched it. I was like, no, mom, you're actually. I'm sorry, you're actually wrong here. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I think that you have a younger generation, like I think rediscovering the movie, and I think maybe appreciating it mm-hmm. removed from the series because I like the Halloween series is popular now, but it doesn't necessarily have the prolific pull. I think it did at one point in the box yeah. office. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So there's like less stakes for a third one to come out and just be completely weird and yeah. and fun. Yeah. Yeah. You've made me really want like an anthology horror movie series now as well, because we're getting into the anthologies with television nowadays. And it's such a good way to like keep a keep an entire production unit, but like do new ideas, like mm-hmm. get and get new writers in and do, and do weird things. Like American Horror Story is a really good example. And they've they've really nailed down the formula as well. I'd be mm-hmm. so up for like a proper horror movie budget anthology that would be awesome i mean we yeah, we talked about in um in one of the tangents uh myself ethan and joshua talked about doing a james bond anthology film series like just replacing the actor who plays it every single time completely changing up every single time it's like they need to do something with that franchise that's neither here nor there it's not horror but you know if you want to <laughs> listen to a tangent <laughs> podcast then you can subscribe to the members club uh where yeah, those are nice exclusive plug. Yeah, nice you see. And that's why they pay me the big bucks <laughs> without, without plugging too many other people if anyone wants to get into the halloween series uh, the lovely people over at RKG have just done a Halloween podcast series uh, covering every single movie in, in, uh, and, and doing an episode for each one. Nice. And they're just lovely blokes. So if you if you uh, enjoy them or just want someone to watch it along with, that's a really good way of doing it. I'll second that. I used to work alongside Gav at Fish and Antenna magazine, a lovely chap. Uh, yeah, I've not listened to that yet, but I definitely will. Yeah, they they got Jamie Lee Curtis for the last one for the actual <laughs> Halloween. Like, yeah, for the for the Halloween Kills one. Jesus, wow. incredible! That's yeah, amazing. So, yeah, I saw the trailer and and Dan's face alone was a was a picture. So I was like, this is great. I've got to, I've got to go through this for them. Definitely. <laughs> uh, that's so, a nice segue into Halloween Kills, right? Like that's yeah. Uh, we all we've all seen it, right? I haven't. Uh, I haven't yet. But, Ooh, okay. Uh, Right. But I, I don't mind. I don't mind spoiler discussions though, because um, yeah. I, I don't mind these things. So have at it. But yeah, I've, I've not seen it yet. I, I fully plan to next week. But yeah, not yet. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to talk loosely around it. Okay, oh, loosely. Oh. Okay, sure. Right, Andrew, so Andrew, you said you already you saw it. You saw it with your mum. I did. Yep. Okay. I did. All right. What? Um, how? How did that go? What did you think? What did your mum think? <laughs> um so my mom just likes it when people get killed um she's just weird like that so she was like yeah that's fine it was good people got slashed to death it was good you know she just <laughs> she's not a serial killer herself i must point out she, <laughs> she just likes horror films quite a lot um that's fair <laughs> but she she seemed to quite enjoy it she said oh, yeah that was that was really good i mean i had more complex thoughts about it i i think that it was to me it was hit and miss there was some cool stuff about it I wasn't thrilled with the way that they they, they kind of brought a, a gay couple into it, and I was like, okay, um, why, why? And 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 they made it a bit of a. It, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like a pointed joke at them, but it felt mm-hmm. like it was still. Um, and then there was a lot of just like 
they they completely underused Jamie Lee Curtis to the point that it seemed silly. And I'd literally watched Halloween 2 a few days beforehand mm. where Jamie Lee Curtis spends most of the film in a hospital and she's much better utilised there than she was in Halloween Kills, um, where she was basically unconscious for most of Halloween 2. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It was... I like some of the kills. Um, some of them felt really, like, really dark, like the couple that... Michael Ooh. kills towards the beginning near in the, kitchen. the near the house, huh? Uh, like the one in the kitchen, right? That one. Yes. Oh, that was that brutal. Was, that was too, that was almost too much. Like almost. Like I was like, oh, the light. I was like, no. Um, but yeah. So I, it had some. It had some really dark points. It had some good Halloween points. Like there were some awesome kills. I like some of the stuff that they did where they went back to the beginning almost and retold what happened after the first Halloween film. And I was like, that's fine. I don't know. It, it seemed to be all over the place. Like they were trying to tell multiple stories all at once and it got a little bit lost. Um, and their overarching theme and the point of it got a little bit saturated. Like it was it was not clear. Um I don't know. So it's one of those films that I probably will watch again, but I'll wait a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. And maybe when I watch it a second time, I'll enjoy it more. But I don't know. It, it was fine. I, Bella, I, I know oh, you're maybe not so yeah. good. No, we all know not. Bella's got very different thoughts. <laughs> oh, well, uh, well, I, ha- I have. I, OK, so I will just preface this with I was really excited going to this. I, you know, Halloween was the first slasher franchise I watched and I like I really love them. And I love the 2018 one. I know, like, some, like, people in the hardcore, like, horror community don't like that 2018 movie. I have not really understood why. I thought it was, like, a very interesting characterization of Laurie and a very interesting movie about, like, transgenerational trauma amongst women, right? And then this second one, I don't really know what it is. Like you said that it's all over the place, and I agree with you. There, there is this really hackneyed commentary and critique about small town America and mob mentality. They yeah. try to do like critiquing of bad portrayals of mental health, but this is the Halloween series, and you're just like throwing stones in glass houses at that point. That <laughs> um, you're right. The kill in the kitchen felt very like because Michael is an entity like. He is this unstoppable force of nature. Like, when he kills, he doesn't, like... I don't think he dwells on it, especially in, like, when he's older. Like, maybe in, like, the Rob Zombie movies when he was a baby, he, like, relished the violence. Like, he dwelled on, like, killing animals, and that was how he coped with his trauma, right? But in this movie... He's just, like, a catch-all for every slasher movie character ever. Like, he slits a woman's throat and watches her bleed out. And, like, she, like, watches her husband get stabbed to death. And that's the whole that's the whole sequence in that kitchen. Like, it's like a minute, minute and a half of just that. And then there's mm-hmm. another scene where it's shot and feels like a Friday the 13th movie. And all of a sudden, Michael is actually doing kills from the Friday the 13th franchise. So, like, they're just straight up shot for shot or, like, movement for movement. Like, okay. Hodder did this in like part six or no uh, part seven um and it it just doesn't feel like it knows what it wants to be it doesn't feel like it's a good sequel to the 2018 movie it doesn't feel like a good continuation of the franchise and it doesn't feel like a coherent movie um all i'm gonna say is it made me miss the rob zombie movies which i never thought i would say yeah wow what i read oh sorry sorry i was gonna say it, it feel it feels like it felt like a movie setting up the last movie 
which is a really terrible thing. Like, it's like they planned these out and they were like, here's the first movie. And I agree, it was a really good movie. And then they were like, and then we know where we want to go in like Halloween Ends, which comes out next year, I believe. It's like, oh, look, so we need something in the middle to like get from here to there. Like, what do we do? What do we do? And they just like <laughs> shoved as much as they could into one film and tried to be clever. And I was like, ah, no. Yeah. It, it- it almost reminded me of the director's cut of Halloween six or the um the like final theatrical the cut of Halloween cut, six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And like um the the producer's cut versus that theatrical version and how it felt like the th- producer's cut was a completely different movie with actual focus and tone and like theming and the theatrical one was kind of incoherent nonsense and i feel like there might be a producer's cut of this like i don't know i feel like this is a movie that was cut to high hell and put in an order that makes no sense like that is the only explanation i think i i could come up with for this one with with how all over the place it feels is i wonder if this is not on the writers or directors who we know are really talented capable people but Mm -hmm. if it is on universal if it is on bloom house for cutting it together a certain way like ultimately we'll never know but um that that's that's how this movie feels to me is it doesn't feel like a coherent film i wonder if it's going to be one of these situations where because they basically announced halloween kills and halloween ends at the same time where sometime in the future when halloween ends comes out someone's going to edit together like a definitive movie one movie which kind of combines them both and cuts out a lot of the shit just to kind of make the 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 one movie they clearly had in mind um and decided to split into yeah they could so easily cut out so much from halloween it sounds like from what i've been reading it sounds like there was just a lot of padding uh, and it's, yeah. it felt like here is a movie we want to make. Let's do a Kill Bill, but not in a good way, and split it into two films, uh, rather than just telling a more like kind of concise. Uh, here is the one. The, the, yeah. Here is Halloween ends. Halloween, Halloween ends. Done. Yeah, yeah. Which they could yep. have definitely done. There, there was so many characters and kills that were just wholly unnecessary for the whole. Like they could have cut out like the new sheriff character did nothing apart from shout at somebody once and then you saw him like almost crying on some stairs later and it's like why would like they, they, they set him up to be this like you know the the big sheriff guy who's gonna like you know come into town and kick everybody into shape and then within like a minute like nobody listens to him anymore and he just gets sidelined it's like why why did you bother like uh there's so much they could have cut like, yeah yeah and and they they have the um you mentioned the couple uh little john and big john right that's that's what they call each other yeah and like I, I i think that i have such a obviously like as a trans woman i haven't lived as an out gay man so i can't speak to that level of marginalization but i do feel like it is this very strange like not outwardly homophobic but the joke is that these two older men are affectionate towards each other in a very maudlin way and they have these cheesy photographs together and they're Mm -hmm. played by two straight dudes one of whom was on mad tv so it's like Mm -hmm. it feels like a joke it feels like we are like playing up a certain type of gay of a gay man and it feels it it, i don't know it just feels kind of mean it feels kind of mean spirited and this is like i've I've watched empire pictures and like full moon studio stuff that feels like more kind-hearted than that i guess it's funny uh, so it sounds like the difference oh sorry go on (laughs) all i I was gonna say was it sounds like the 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 difference between the depictions in stuff like modern family and then like schitt's creek like you Mm. know you know gay people being uh, portrayed kindly but by people who don't know what they're talking about and then it actually being portrayed honestly by people who understand and you know it's yeah yeah 
yeah they they may i mean not to be too spoilery but the i mean you know it's halloween so people die so it's it's fairly obvious that those characters would probably meet an untimely end and um and it's the, it's the way that they set that up um when people find them and i'm like why 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 would why would michael do this this that didn't seem like his character to to do that I just it was weird it was i mean yeah. you'll see when you watch it it's yes. just yeah, that, this, this, this is concerning me i mean yeah, not, a as, as a massive fan of the series like the only reason i've not seen it yet is because it's it's kind of become tra- tradition that me and my brother watched every new halloween movie and i'm just waiting for him to get time off work to watch it so otherwise i'd have seen it by now but um yeah that worries me because i always kind of considered michael myers as the, the halloween movies are always felt to me like slasher movies is purely by definition in that he kills some people in it but they don't fit other kind of slasher tropes in that they're never like enormously gory deaths or anything like that it just kind of it always feels to me like he kills them in the most efficient way he needs to kill them and then because they're in his way and then just kind of gets on with it but the way you're describing it sounds like he's almost kind of relishing it this time and that doesn't really sound like it even like the last halloween um the, the, the bit where he, there's a bit where he kind of walks past the baby and you're like oh surely not and then he just walks past and you're like oh okay <laughs> but it sounds like in in this if, if it was this uh, michael myers in, in halloween kills you but i had that baby out the window um, <laughs> so, like yeah. a football <laughs> so while we're on halloween though before we even get into favorites and stuff i'm kind of curious we're all talking around it what are our favorite halloween movies i really want to know i'll go last like just Halloween the franchise. Um, I mean, I've, I, if I go first, I've, I've only watched a few of them. Like I said, I've, I've now, I now own all of them, so I will be watching them. But I have only now seen uh, original Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween two thousand eighteen, and Halloween Kills, and I think that's all I've seen. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think it can get a huge, a lot better than the original, to be honest. But I've watched Halloween 2 literally a week ago and I actually really enjoyed it for what yeah. it was like the, the you know, Dr. Loomis is an incredible character and has a lot more to do in that film and a lot more screen time. So I really enjoyed I quite enjoyed that. So those two together almost feel like the perfect Halloween film because you get because it literally Halloween 2 carries right on from the end of Halloween. So I'm going to just cheat and say Halloween and Halloween 2. That's good. That's good <laughs> answers. So, um, I. Oh, yeah, go on. You go, Chris. No, you go, Nathan. You, you go, because I, I go on for ages about these things. So you go. No, I haven't watched them in years, and I've got uh, ADHD goldfish brain, so I wouldn't be able to tell you the story, but I'd watch them again, and I'd know almost every line as I was, as I was watching it, like, of course I've seen this. I think the one that sticks out in my mind most is still the first. I think it's it's the most iconic. I think it's probably still got some of the best performances from Jamie Lee Curtis, I, which I don't want to say she's done anything bad since, but like... I just don't think you can do much better than that one. And it's it sticks out in my mind the most. I've got an extremely high tolerance for shit movies, um, which is which is why I kind of set up my, that was a bit mental site, like just purely for shit movies. So um, when I think about the series, like there isn't, there aren't really any of them that I particularly hate, other than maybe the original version of Halloween 6, which is so all over the place and so confusing that just like by the end of it I was like I don't know what I just watched uh, but all the rest like one in, one stands short head and shoulders above everything else obviously two I, I still loved uh, three I love on its own merits just uh, as, as a standalone movie four and five the two Danielle Harris ones I, I, I really enjoyed she, she's brilliant in them it is, is a really so good, good kind of child child actor there was a really I, I can't remember if it's four or five has like the 
some of the oddest moments as like two cops in a car and they almost become like comedy characters and it plays like daft like, music when yeah. they turn up and it's so out of place um i can't remember which one of the two that is h2o i like because i like cheesy 90s horror um yeah. I, I even liked was it resurrection the one with buster rhymes in it because it was so bad and it was yes. like the, the worst possible like when when you have Buster Rhymes kicking the door open and saying, trick or treat, motherfucker. It's iconic. The Rob Zombie ones, I've kind of, I, I don't know, I, I didn't mind the, the first one. The second one, I just, uh, just didn't feel anything for it. I thought the first one was a bit overly violent and, again, didn't really fit the Michael Myers thing, but I also appreciate that it was his own take on it, so I don't really count it as part of the series. So it is fine for what it is, but... Um, yeah, the main series, I'd, other than six, I can't really... I, I, I'll happily sit and enjoy all of them, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. Like, I, There are definitely some entries in the series that are very bad. Like, Resurrection is a, is a, is a terrible film, but it is just deeply enjoyable to watch, I think. I, I think if, if I had to choose a favorite, it would probably be H2O 20 years later, just because I think that that is some of the more complicated portrayals of Lori that we we've gotten. She has yeah. to deal with this trauma of having of having this like brother chasing her around and like laying waste to her new life she's tried to build for herself. She can't fall in love without that being jeopardized. She can't raise her child and her child resents her for the way that he's been raised, right? So you have this Lori dealing with all of this, which should be a very dour movie. And certainly there's some dour stuff in it, but there's also like LL Cool J writing love poetry <laughs> and talking on the phone to his wife. So you have all this like serious, heavy thematic work being done and then you have this like 90s goofiness and some great kills like the dumbwaiter kill in that movie is like definitely like with the the ankle getting all like it, it was someone's leg get like snapped all up in it right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the bone yeah. comes through it and everything it's awesome i i love <laughs> that part so much so like h2o would definitely be my favorite one in the series but all of them all of them are are, are great for different reasons i think and, and speaking of the Sorry, just speaking of the deaths, and I know, like, other than the first one, I, I don't think it's a massive spoiler to say that Michael Myers, quote unquote, dies at the end of every one because that's just how horror movies go. But, like, I, I envy you, like, I haven't, haven't not watched them yet and starting to watch them. Like, when you see H2O and uh, when it ends, you think, okay, that seems like a pretty solid way to end the series. That That's over. That's a series that's over. Yeah. And without saying anything, when you see how they explain that in the next one, it's fucking mind-blowing <laughs> how, how they managed to, to explain that that's all i'll say but i look forward I mean, to your reaction I, when you get i need to, to go through I feel, I feel like i've seen h2o and i feel like does it end at a school and there's something to do with a school bus i feel well, the whole like, thing's at, at the school but yeah but i, I yeah, feel like there, was an, there was some kind of kill with a school bus am i thinking of that right so uh, no th- th- there's a there's a very kind of clean way of, of killing him um in yeah. that one and okay. where you you sit and look at it and go well if that's the last one he's dead um and then right. the next one comes and like, nah, that wasn't what happened at all <laughs> i mean i think that's i think that's the fun of the halloween franchise oh, right is like you you not only can have this like 
threadbare, like, okay, I guess this is why Michael's alive. But as a fan, you can kind of watch them and just come up with your own separate little mini canons of like, okay, the like the Daniel Panabaker ones are that's four and five. Those are just those are just their own movies. That's their own continuity. It's kind of tied to the first one. Uh, all right, six is its own thing. You just have all of these little moments where you can have these self-contained stories, and I think that's why it's like one of my favorite horror franchises, and I think one of the more consistently entertaining ones. Yeah. 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 Right. All, we... all hail Halloween. All hail Halloween. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely going to go through and watch the entire series, uh, especially uh, as there's a little podcast to go along with it. And I do, I really need to up my my slasher movie count because I've been trying to think about my favorite one. And I'm trying to think about literally the ones that I've seen, and I, I'm I'm quite bad. I because I'm quite I'm not too bad with horror movies, but it's a certain type of one feeds into my anxiety. It makes me really stressed. Like I can't watch the Final Destination movies, but uh, movies that are like camp horror, I love. Mm-hmm. Like I I I love. Oh my god, all the Leprechaun movies. When I was a kid, I was obsessed <laughs> with Leprechaun in the Hood. Yes. Like, Leprechaun oh. in space is a masterpiece. <laughs> I will oh. hear no protest. <laughs> It's, they know what they're doing. They're, oh, that, that's, that's like a slasher movie, but it knows it's being funny. That's what I love about those. Absolutely. Right. I mean, who wants to talk about their favorite kind of movies first? But I, I mean, Bella, I feel like you're going to have such an informed interest in take. I want, I want to hear about your favorite slasher movies. Well, I didn't want to be like too predictable, but I am going to go with the Slumber Party Massacre series. And in particular, like, I, I want to say that I like, like, one of them in particular, but I like all three of them because they're all three are written by women, all three directed by women. And it is Roger Corbin gave these female creatives a bunch of money or like, you know, enough money to make a low budget movie and was like, OK, go make a go make a slasher. It's got to have some tits. It's got to have pretty girls in it. Otherwise, go nuts. And what these directors did every single time was that they made these horror movies in which the threat was always this implicitly implicit male id i guess would be the best way to describe it like you have this um you have slasher movies presented as these tropish things and at the same time every single camera angle every single character interaction you realize that what the trilogy is trying to do is like comment on the state of horror movies and like reframe the way that female characters in those get talked about and reframe like the traumas that those characters are going through and instead of just like making them these threadbare characters like the the boyfriends get killed off really fast and then all the female characters have to like huddle together and like figure out in a crisis mode how to come together against this man who was like you know physically or sexually terrifying them and these are comedies these are satires these are horrific movies that are ultimately satires about like misogyny and like misogynistic tropes and slasher movies. And I think that's that why they're my favorite is because there's a very good execution of the gore. There's a very good execution of like memorable killers with good weapons. It, they're all very good slasher movies, but they have this level of meta awareness that I think like in the eighties in particular, and especially from like a, a Roger Corman produced movie, you would not necessarily expect that sort of self-reflex nature and so yeah slumber party massacre that's like that all three of those would be my answer for like my favorite slasher i think i went on forever i'm very sorry no 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 (laughs) you really didn't that's good i I, I haven't seen those since i was a teenager and i think a lot of 
a lot of the kind of con- subtext went well over my head because I was an idiot back then. Um, so I, I, it, they're definitely on my list to watch again because I think if I watch them now as a 38-year-old, like a, a lot of it will make me go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I they're like my mom's ones. favorite movies. Like she, I grew up and she was like, she grew up in the 80s and like, you know, like her roommate was like a, a stripper who dealt with like shitty dudes every day of her life. And then my mom had to hang around those shitty dudes. And so they would rent these movies repeatedly and watch them over and over again. And as like, you know, looking back on that, I'm like, oh, these were like really cathartic watches for my mom back in the day. Like she was using horror to, to sort of cope with the types of people she was meeting. And that's that's why it's such a good medium. That's why it's such a good genre. Is it like gives us these facsimiles and characters of our of our day-to-day lives and like kind of makes them seem beatable i think that's that's why i love horror anyway <laughs> i i knew you were going to give an amazing answer uh, <laughs> now i i'm going to be honest i haven't seen any of those films i'm so sorry horror, i really want to watch them though they're awesome i would highly recommend them they're the first one's very easy to find streaming and physically the other ones are notoriously out of print you're gonna have to you know fly the jolly roger <laughs> I mean, we do everything illegally and sensibly here. Let's not talk about that. Oh, of course, yeah, <laughs> of course. all above board here, strictly. What are all those? Exactly. Met- Why do you have all those Metroid ROMs in your desktop? <laughs> you can't see that. You can't see that. We can just feel it. We can just feel yeah. it. Yeah. Just feel my bones. <laughs> Tell you what, that looks great in 4K. Mm. <laughs> 4K. I'm playing it in 8K. Get with it. <laughs> What's going on? Okay, wow. all right. Who, who's, right. Who's, who's going who, next? I want yeah, to hear. Who wants to go next? Right, Andrew, just, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, but my, my safe answer, which you can get on later if you want, is Nightmare on Elm Street, but I can, I can get to that. And I, I need to give a shout out to Sleepaway Camp because that, especially, certainly the trilogy, I, I didn't think too much of the kind of, they, they attempted to kind of re, to bring it back. Um, and, I don't think it worked too well, but certainly the first one, I, I used to, as a teenager, be obsessed with it. I was in like a bunch of different horror movie forums and stuff, and people would always bring up Sleepaway Camp, and, and I would always kind of forget why. And I remember them mentioning the ending quite regularly, and me going, oh, that sounds like a, something I'd like to see. And a couple of years later, I was at like a, a shop in Glasgow, and they had like the American um, Anchor Bay DVD version of Sleepaway Camp, and I was like, I, I know I'm supposed to watch this because everyone says it's great and I can't remember why. So I sat and watched it with my brother and it's like 82 minutes of... It, it's, it's like an 82-minute film, I think, and 80 minutes of it is the most hilariously shit uh, camp slasher in, in more ways than one uh, 80s slasher movie where, where the the men wear skimpier clothes than the women. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's just it's unbelievable. And then the ending is just like... Yeah, exactly. I, I I can't even I can't even begin to I, I I can't just 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 for the sake of all that is good I can't even mention the ending because people just need to see it blindly without knowing what happens in it. It's just it's it's just what happens. Um, and like Felissa Rose, the, the kind of actress, she has made a, a living off of her face at the end of that, and and rightly so. It's just like it, it is the most iconic image in cinema for me. Is that final image? It's yeah. just like mind-blowing and even and then they did two and three which were, were very different because they had pamela springsteen uh bruce springsteen's sister playing her yeah um, and uh, renee estevez emilio estevez and charlie sheen's uh sister is, is in one of them and they, those are just kind of straight slasher movies and and they're, they're fun as well but massively censored but um anchor bay and then 
later 88 films did kind of releases that, that showed you all the kind of cut deaths and they were they were really cool but um sleepaway camp is like i have to give like an honorable mention to that i mean i, I can go about nightmare elm street but i'm, I'm conscious I'm, I'm speaking too much so i'm happy i'm more than happy to hear you talk about nightmare on elm street because mm-hmm. that's a series we haven't touched on at all tonight yeah okay I- I, I just wanted to say, like, I, I won't spoil the ending either, uh, but, like, I avoided the movie specifically for the ending because I thought that, without giving it away, I thought the ending was, like, super transphobic, and then I watched the movie, and then I watched the whole trilogy, and I was just like, oh, no, actually, actually, every single character who's dying deserves it, and the killer in these movies is actually, like, iconic, and I love her, and a great role model, I have to say. So, like, <laughs> I, I love those movies, and if anyone knows the ending and has avoided watching them because of that ending, I, I just have to say, like, I don't know, as, as as a woman with a cock, I don't think that they are, those movies are as offensive as they often get made to be. Anyway, I, I want to hear about Nightmare on Elm Street. Go, 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 go. <laughs> okay, um, God, where do I even start? It, it's the it's the one series of of all where I will happily watch, with the exception of the remake. I will happily watch every single one of them. That the remake just was tonally very very wrong for me. Um, t- to me, there's something. Although the, the, it's also one of the series that has changed the most dramatically over with with each instalment as well. And it, for me, it is there's something really interesting about the idea of someone who kills you in your dreams where not only do you have a lack of control uh and not only can everything anything happen in, in those that you're not you're longer confined by what happens in reality but this is a guy who knows all your innermost fears and everything that, that you never share with your friends and and, and things that uh, deep down are the things that, that scare you most there's like and, and this man like cruelly um, plays on those fears and like it doesn't just kill you but kills you in, in a way that is the most kind of um, awful way that, that that person can imagine like that there's later, even later on when he becomes James Bond basically and starts cracking jokes like and every time he kills somebody he's still like killing girls with eating disorders by feeding them to death and stuff like that it's just it's like horrendous horrendous like deaths in it but then he's he's just cracking jokes all the way through it and it's, it's this really bizarre um like you you get to the end of that series where you get to like five six and you're thinking I, this guy's fucking awesome i love freddy krueger and then you sit back and go well wait a minute he's like killing loads of people in like just horrendous ways and it, I, I just you, i don't know how to feel anymore as a person after watching them um and i adore them and then wes craven's new nightmare just kind of was he, he, he was basically doing what he did with scream before he did scream um totally kind of deconstructing what horror movies are and and what the kind of evil in them means to people and basically turning the Nancy character into just Heather Langenkamp, the actress who played her, and and what it means to be an actress in a horror movie, and how that affects how people think you are as a mother, uh, because she like regularly is is kind of questioned about, well, you're the horror actress, and no wonder your kid's crazy and stuff like this, and oh, just I, I could go on forever. And then Freddy versus Jason is just like amazing oh. fun. It's just so terrible, <laughs> although it parts of that haven't aged very well at all but like the f-swear for example <laughs> yeah and, and they kind of yeah, yeah and freddie's dropping some kind of racist jokes that, although freddie's a bad guy so yeah okay but yeah they, they, he that's does he does oh. doesn't he but, and, 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 but, and it's really right as well 
What's yeah. yeah, Keller Rowland drops the F word. Yeah, yeah, she should know better. But um, mm. at least with Freddie, you can say, well, he's a bad guy, and that's that's still not acceptable, but okay, he's a bad guy. But for Keller, for Keller Rowland's line, it's just like, no, that doesn't work anymore. It barely mm-hmm. worked then. It certainly doesn't, work, it certainly doesn't work But then she gets killed for saying it, you know? So, like. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> That reminds me, I was just bored the other day with scrolling Netflix and I watched the first Rush Hour and I forgot that Jackie Chan has a line in that that is just like, oh no, Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure I don't even need to explain it because you can imagine what the one line is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. God, different times. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of lines in those Rush Hour movies that in <laughs> retrospect were not very good. Thanks, Brett Ratner. Noted good yeah. person, Brett Ratner. The, but the no, most, I, but yeah. No, no. All, all I was going to say really quickly is the most I've ever laughed at Rush Hour is in the deleted scene from Rush Hour 2. A guy jumps out of a window and he goes, he's not going to be in Rush Hour 3. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, I've my God. <laughs> yeah, that's like the best bit in that movie, for sure. Sorry, carry on, Bella. What were you saying? Oh, no, I, I, I was just going to say, like, you're, you're, you're so right about the Nightmare franchise. And, like, I think New Nightmare, like, fans tear that what apart sometimes and i think that it i don't know i think it was wes craven showing a very astute awareness of the types of movies he's making and an astute awareness of like how society perceives him and the people involved in those movies and like i think it you know this was this was the craven that was making people under the stairs around that same period that same five to ten year period he was kind of retroactively going back and looking at all the tropes that he helped create and going like okay let's break these apart a little more and new nightmare is like such a good use of freddy and the 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 effects in that movie too like the look for freddy in that it's just incredible yeah yeah, yeah it's amazing stuff yeah. um it's like the I mean, for, for people who aren't kind of familiar with it and want to know where to start, like, like a good kind of general rule of thumb is if you watch one, then three, then New Nightmare, that's a kind of tidy trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, those yes. are the kind of the movies with Nancy in them. Like the, the first one introduces a concept. The third one is where Nancy is basically overcoming and now she's teaching other teenagers how to how to deal with them. And then New Nightmare is a kind of weird kind of retrospective, well, those two movies were movies and, and here's how the real life deals with them. But there's also... Um, there are, all the others have their own kind of the Nightmare on Elm Street too, like goes down as one of the the greatest pieces of like homoerotic horror cinema of all time. And I've watched documentaries about it, and a lot of the actors claim, "Well, I I didn't realise what we were making." But then you look at the lead actor, and he's like, "I knew he, he's he's gay, and he's like, I knew what we were doing." Like I, I love it, and it is like when you watch it now, it's it's clearly a metaphor for a, a, a guy who's kind of coming to terms with, with being gay and, and trying to kind of uh, to, to accept it. And when you, you, it's it's an amazing film for that for that reason. It's, it's fantastic. But oh, just every one of them, even the bad ones, Freddy's Dead is atrocious. Um, but It's a mess. If, if you watch it with, like, with your, your red and blue 3D glasses, even though the 3D doesn't kind of align properly, um, what a film. What an absolute film. It's it's just it's just the remake that lets it down because I think the remake took it too 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 far in in, in the kind of disturbing direction because even the first one it's clear this this guy's a child killer and it's drummed, drummed in from the start this guy killed kids and so it gets a bit odd later on in the series where Freddy becomes such a hero or kind of anti hero I suppose that they were making like Freddy or as a kid I had a Freddy bath toy. And, uh, we bought in, and when I was on holiday in America and it was two squeezy bath toys and one of them was Freddy's face and one of them was just victim and it's just a guy like that like like screaming and he's got a big scratch mark down his face like claw marks down his face and those were like kids toys to play in the bath That's um, incredible. and then you're sitting going wait a minute this guy was a child killer 
didn't like it. Um, but then the the, sequ- the remake went 180 degrees right back to the start and just overdid it. It's like, no, this guy is a child killer. This was a child rapist, and now he's going to try and like kind of sexually assault like some the the, the the lead character. And you're just like, this is I'm not having fun. They like <laughs> and, they. And, yeah. They retroactively, like, make Nancy a worse character because they, like, have her be solely defined by her victimhood to Freddy. And yeah. then, like, not, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to spoil that reboot because you shouldn't watch it. Yeah, uh, they, they, If I remember correctly, like, she was assaulted by Freddy as a child and she yeah. repressed it. And that's the yeah. twist, which is, like, I, I snuck into that movie because I wasn't allowed to see it when it came out. And I was really excited to see a Friday at 13th in theaters. And I just remember, like, my my stomach sinking. I was like, this is yeah. not why I come to this series, like, at all. Yeah, it's, it was grim. I mean, I, I, I acknowledge that there, there, were, there were some attempts to make Freddy scary again um, because he'd become, like, a comedy figure by the end. But I, I think New Nightmare kind of did that well enough without them having to go, okay, well, now let's just make him the most horrific uh, kind of villain you can imagine. And it's like, well, no, because by this point, everyone kind of likes Freddy. Um, he's, he's this kind of wisecracking. You, you, you ditch Robert England and I can't remember the guy. The guy that was in Watchmen, Jackie uh, Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley, the um, bad news bears kid. <laughs> and like, and and he he's fine as as if it was any other horror movie, but as Freddy Krueger, it can it it's too. The idea of a child killer was dark as it is, but but adding that kind of element to it, it's just it's, it's not fun to watch anymore. And it's like, nah, not for me. Yeah. I yeah, think definitely. I, I think that's one of the most like uh, inherent parts of slasher horrors. The difference is they kind of are fun. They're kind of a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Like you, you don't you don't watch it to be like really creeped out. Although they can have those elements, I think people watch it to be like a little bit unsettled. But you want to be on the edge of your seat, knowing who's mm. going to go in next and how they're going to get killed. Like I, you know, I don't watch these movies to be seriously disturbed. Like yeah. that's that's not fun for me. <laughs> like it loses an element when it takes too much away. I think. Yeah, yeah. You, you generally pick the one who you know is, or you kind of get the idea is going to be the final character. Usually the final girl, but sometimes the final guy, and, and you go, well, that's the, okay. They're probably going to be the final one, and then you're kind of you're, at that point you're rooting for the killer to to see how they're going to kill all the other ones because you're there <laughs> to see inventive deaths and 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 stuff like that. And so, um, yeah. So I think that was why the the remake kind of hit me hard because can, you can't root for that guy anymore. <laughs> he's just he's mm-hmm. just vile in every way. It's just like too many jump scares. I, I don't like jump scares. I think they're cheap and just like yeah, just yeah, such a letdown. But, and it's just like uh, the, the the jump scares and stuff in that one like were just so not in spirit of the series either. Because no. like Wes Craven was a master of just showing it to you. He show he laid out this phantasmagorical imagery that you were looking at, and it's like, hey, isn't this isn't this deeply unsettling? Isn't this immaculate set piece? Like, are yeah. you are you really upset right now? And that's that's one of the things he was best at. Yeah, the rotating room in the first movie. Have you, have you ever seen like behind the scenes footage of that? It is astonishing, considering the budget that movie had, uh, which, which was minuscule. Basically, the, the the very first kill is when a girl called Tina like dies in her bedroom, but she wakes up in her bed and kind of floats in the air, is dragged up the wall and across the ceiling, and and you're thinking, how did they do that? And they literally built an entire room on a big kind of spinning contraption and they could spin the whole room it, it, it was so well balanced that one man could spin the entire room himself um and and they just obviously they attach the cameras to the floor um so that when they spin the room it looks like she's sliding up the walls because the camera's spinning with it and it's like 
incredible incredible oh um special effects yeah. for a, for a movie like and then when johnny depp dies later in the movie they use the same room uh well a similar kind of setup and so they just turned the room upside down and blood just pours out of his bed yeah. and shoots up towards the ceiling and they just turned the room upside down <laughs> it's just, just incredible That's so smart i didn't it's know amazing. that it's amazing yeah. um but yeah just wes craven stuff is just phenomenal it's immaculate yeah yeah fair go on andrew, andrew. Let's move over to you. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I so like eighties slasher films. I I like. Um, my mum was totally into them, so I watched a fair few of them. I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that she got me into horror films at the tender age of eleven. Um, and <laughs> she's, uh, so I've watched Friday the Thirteenth and all those kind of things and uh, various slasher movies and horror films. But like, I didn't truly get into horror. Like it, you know, there's a point where like your parents get you into films and it's the films that they like and you kind of like them, you know, by proxy because it's your parents. But then at a certain point, usually when you become a teenager, you start to discover the stuff that you like. That's kind of, you know, it might be kind of similar to what your parents enjoyed, but it's like your own thing. And so for me, that was Scream. Like that was where I was like, oh, this is my thing now. This is like, you know, I was younger than the people shown in the film at the time. I think I was, what was I... I was like 12 or 13 uh, and they were all like like high school students and I was like yeah um but it was like more my kind of generation it was like closer to my age these these people and it was current it was the 90s I was you know it was it, it wasn't 10 years ago when I was like a toddler it was right now so I got it more it felt more real to me um and I, I don't know it's like there's so many ways that you can look at scream and at the time i didn't really read into it the way that you should do which is obviously a kind of deconstruction of the horror genre i just saw it as a really cool horror film and then as i got older and continued to watch it i kind of read into the layers of it and kind of understood what it was going for and it's just an incredible incredible film the sequel was also incredible the the third the third one was okay Courtney Cox's hair was not great. No, Jane Silent Bob were in it. So. Yeah, they were. <laughs> wow. Um, but the first two, I think, are like, like the first one is the best one. And then the sequel kind of like builds on that quite a lot. Um, but I mean, we've kind of discussed Scream a little bit already. And I really have to give a shout out to another film, which is fairly more recent. And we were talking about the, the more recent Halloween films, which are done by Blumhouse, who have done a lot for horror films in the last few years. And one the, the film that I love of theirs the most is Happy Death Day. I don't know if anybody has seen that, but that is an incredible film. That is like uh, when I think of horror and I think of slasher films, I think comedy automatically because it's there's it's either there's the campy element that's kind of funny because it's it shouldn't be, um, or you get like proper funny stuff. And Happy Death Day leans into the comedy so much. It is, it's just an incredible slasher film. And I think it's Jessica Roth who plays Tree mm. in it, and she is absolutely incredible. Like I can't, you, like one of the best horror um, final girls. It, I mean, it, it's difficult in that film because there's not really a final girl as such because of the 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 Groundhog Day uh, kind of conceit and the fact that people keep coming back um, and get killed multiple times in multiple different ways. Um, but it just turns the whole slasher thing on its head with that conceit of being Groundhog Day, and it's, you just see her trying to stop people from getting killed or like going crazy and like just leaning into the slasher thing. And it, yeah, it's just incredible. And the sequel was also very good, but less slasher and more sci-fi, which was weird for a sequel. Very back to the future. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy Death Day. Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, it's like know, available almost everywhere, and it's like it's an incredible movie, and it's like it's great to see the different deaths, but it also makes you laugh a lot. It's so yeah. Good. It's like. That, that's like one of my mom and I's favorite movies, actually. We, we saw it in theaters together, like the day it came out. And we like what she bought it at home video. I did, too. And like we just like still quoted it back and forth to each other, like around the time it came out, because it tree herself is such a quotable character. Like, I think she's like one of my favorite protagonists in a horror movie because like mm-hmm. she is kind of reprehensible to start with. Like she's yeah. kind of a reprehensible character. And as she continues to die over and over again, she starts going like, wait a second. Am, am I the fucked up one? Am I, am I the reason I keep dying is the way I treat people, the reason I keep dying. And then she works in herself while she continues to get murdered in the most atrocious and humorous ways until eventually yeah. she like, comes around to reclaiming the fact that she can do this and reframes the whole narrative. It's 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 a great movie, Chris. If you haven't seen it, you you should totally check it it's, out. It plays in a lot of great spaces. It's definitely on my list. I, um, you've 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 got me at both the worst and best point in my horror movie uh, horror movie watching life because um, I've got a three year old. So for the past three years, I have watched nothing. Like uh, uh, because it's just like you're not in that mindset at that point, and it's like. Mm. Um, when when you first have the kid, it's just you just never sleep basically, and you're just constantly exhausted. You don't have time. You just don't have the, the, the energy to watch movies. And then when she gets a wee bit older, you start thinking, well, she's waking up in the middle of the night. What if she sees what I'm watching and that that fucks her up? And you just you even just get in a mindset where you're just not in the mood to watch horror because you're kind of at a delicate stage where you you want your your life is protecting this thing because any minute something could go horribly wrong until they're old enough to at least st- stand on two feet. But but now she's like three and a half and like I can breathe again and I'm like, okay, she's all the hard bits over the, for the most part of inside. And I'm kinda I'm getting my love for horror back again and that's why I'm relaunching my horror site at the end of the month. Um I'm starting to order movies. I, I there was a point where I bought um every single movie that Arrow video released on Blu-ray for like yeah. four or five years. Like nice. I've got hundreds of them upstairs and then just stopped cold turkey when the kid was born as that. Why I'm never going. To, I'm not going to watch them. So now I've got five years worth of Blu-rays to watch, <laughs> which, I'm, which I'm going to work with. But um, but yeah. So I've I've not watched like a lot of like the vast majority. So I've got all this kind of new horror that I, that I'm getting to kind of to watch all in, in one go now. So I'm quite excited about exciting, that. But, yeah. Yeah, it's exciting, but also means I'm like massively out of the loop <laughs> with, with like all the new stuff. So. Yeah, we'll see. I've got a great recommendation, but I need to look it up. So feel free to talk amongst yourselves because I've forgotten the name of it and I feel terrible. No worries. Um, yeah. So I, I I feel bad because when I when I talk about my favorite horror movies, when I was a kid, I became obsessed with the Alien movies. Uh, I, I learned about the Romero zombie movies and monster movies. And they were kind of what I got uh, really into, especially with things like The Thing and, I, and the Evil Dead series. So it kind of like, I kind of watched slasher movies like on the periphery. But the ones that I got into the most were the child's play movies, um, yes. just because they were so funny. It was almost like a monster movie as well. And, and I, I remember the first one I watched was Bride of Chucky. And we had in my house, we had a chipped cable box and we had this channel called Front Row. So instead of paying for it, it was just going all day. And me and my dad must have watched Armageddon um, or something. And uh, my dad, my dad was asleep on me and he's a big bloke. And then it just rolled over to Child's Play Bride of Chucky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I guess this is what I'm watching now. And uh, I could never sit on a waterbed again. And um, it was, yeah. <laughs> 
that that was like my introduction to those movies but then i love that series um it's it's and i'm i haven't seen the new series yet the new tv show it's meant to be really good um so that's such a good one to bring back and i'm really happy that tv series looks so good but something about um that character is just like it's just always been very inherently silly it's always been because it's a toy i know it's still quite horrific in a lot of them but it's always just felt so playful in a horrible way like i don't know i've always liked that about the series yeah and like and don mancini like has kind of had control over the franchise like since the beginning in terms of like writing it so he's gotten really to flesh out chucky as this like gay camp icon that he has because he's just has the creative wherewithal to do that and it's like been this cohesive canon outside of the reboot, which like I actually quite liked the reboot, but wasn't as good as the core series. Like yeah. he he gets to maintain that sense of campy fun because it's what it's kind of always been about. And that's like a through line, even on like Cult of Chucky or um, Curse of Chucky. Like those movies are still they have that kind of nice balance of funny and horrific. Like I, I love those movies. Yeah. I saw um, a tweet where someone was like, Chuck is a gay icon because he's talking to a, a kid who's oh, queer and he's this. like, yeah, and he's like, I've I got a queer tweet. kid. And I was like, this is so good. Yeah. I can't it's believe, so good. Like, yeah, and, and the kid, the kid's like, to what, what, and you're, and, and you're okay with that? You're free with that? And Chucky's like, I'm not a fucking monster. Chucky <laughs> 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 may kill people, but he's not a homophobe. Homophobes yeah, yeah. are implicitly worse than serial killers. You heard it here first. God, yeah, <laughs> that was so good. Um, one I was going to recommend is, is fairly niche, but I, I imagine some of you have heard of it called uh, Beyond the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon. I've heard of that. What a film that is! So just, just a, a reminder. I remember because we were talking about movies that deconstruct horror movies, and it's basically it's it's essentially two movies in one. So it starts as a mockumentary about a serial killer, a, a horror movie slasher, basically um, called Leslie Vernon, and. He, he basically, he, he loves the fact he's got his camera crew around wanting to know how he does these things. So he's taking them on kills with him and saying, oh, here's how I get them. So I make a noise outside and when they come out, I've got a bit of string around the door. So I close the door and that's why doors slam all of a sudden in horror movies and they're trapped. So it's killing people. And you've got talking head interviews like Robert England plays the, uh, the, the the Dr. Loomis character where he's, uh, this man is clearly deranged. And so that, that's amazing. But then he, he, he halfway through it, he, he kind of says that I've picked my final girl. Every slasher movie needs to have a final girl, and I've picked my final girl here, so it's going to be. And they're having a big party. Um, they're having a big kind of like like kegger at somebody's house. So I've decided that's when I'm going to do it. And I've got these lights set up, and this is when the power's going to go off. And now this is how I'm going to do it. And suddenly the camera crew are, are the production crew are saying to each other, "Can we let him go ahead with this? Do we just kind of?" let this happen or to be so they essentially decide we're going to try and stop this so, so they then then the movie just suddenly turns and suddenly he's against the people who've been filming filming them the entire yeah. time suddenly it becomes like a proper slasher movie almost Blair Witch style where the, where the, where the camera crew are now trying to stop him like because they suddenly get a conscience and it's like it's just sitting going I've never seen anything like this ever, ever and I, don't, I doubt I ever will it's a fantastic film like highly yeah. recommend there's like this there's like this moment of disbelief from the lead actress, I think, for the first half, where it's like she's almost like bemused at how she's interacting with Leslie. She's like, oh, you clearly have a lot of reverence for these horror movies. And like you clearly have like some like false delusions of being a killer. And I'm really interested in this. And then there's this like that oh shit moment halfway through the movie where she's like, oh, no, you were serious about this the whole time. It's and also um, got to give a shout out to Zelda Rubenstein in that movie, because like yeah. she 
I feel like she got typecast in so many movies, but like I think like that is like with uh, up there with Teen Witch in terms of just like fun Zelda Rubenstein performances. I you're the first person I've met who's seen that movie. My mom and I loved that quite a bit back in the day. That's it's it's a I can second that. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, but it's like no like I, almost nobody's heard of it, and it's like a, yeah. a crime because it's it's so clever. Didn't Shout Factory do a re-release of it? Like I think in the Possibly, past year, yeah. I need to I need to get that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, oh, good rack, good rack. Sounds <laughs> incredible. It's yeah. a deep cut. If I give you a deep cut, because as far as cult goes, this is pretty cult. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm thinking about this. That there, there's one slasher movie that I just have to throw in here before we have to like, you know, start wrapping things up. For in terms of deep cuts, you just made me think of a movie I really like called Fascination, and I just is really a chance for me to talk about a genre law movie who typically doesn't make slasher movies. He makes like lesbian vampire movies, but like Fascination is about this dude who goes to this old French countryside castle who has just like pulled off the heist of a lifetime kind of, and he's trying to fuck over his gang, and he meets these two vampires ladies who are just kind of amused by him and what happens are these vampires this cult and these thieves all trying to kill each other sides are involved for like 90 minutes and it's just this really weird trippy combination of like a cannibal movie a vampire movie and a slasher film and like queer erotic horror all in one place it's it's a it's a it's a really good one that sounds great yeah i've I've not i've not seen that one that sounds fantastic sold (laughs) <laughs> nice. Right. I mean, Andrew, do you have any lost recommendations you want to give out before yeah. we wrap up? Goodness. Um, do you know, I, I don't have any like, uh, yeah, I don't have any deep cuts to give you, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> the, the only thing I can think I'm just I you mentioned that there was the child play TV show and there's been a few decent horror TV sh- TV shows based on uh horror franchises slasher franchises they've got uh and i know what you did last summer tv show coming out shortly mm. don't know what that's going to be like but we'll yeah. see um but i guess my recommendation would be the original not the not the ones after but the very first scream tv series yeah is actually excellent really well done they they ditch the whole ghost face thing they do something completely different and a different it's not even woodsboro um and they do it it's like so it's like the se- the scream sequel that you want but in a tv show uh, i hear they mess it up after the first series but the first series as its as its own thing is really really incredible it just i, I it, didn't even mind i didn't even mind the second series oh, did you not? it was okay like uh, first yeah definitely a million times better but my wife and i were just obsessed with it she she, yeah. just, she doesn't generally like horror but it's it's enough kind of te- teen drama, kind of kind of high school drama stuff mixed in with the horror to to kind of kept her interest as well. But it's yeah, I agree. I was really I was really pleas- pleasantly surprised uh, by that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. I haven't I have I haven't seen that. I was kind of avoided it, so I'm gonna check it out now. Thank thank, thank y'all for bringing it on up. Netflix. Yeah. Is yeah, it it's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, it's worth it? trying the first couple just to see because it, it might you might not like the the, the kind of the know all character who knows all the kind of all the references is is a bit full on. It, it gets mm. like they they they're dropping references every two seconds and that gets a bit annoying. Um, but yeah, I, I was like pleasantly pleasantly surprised. By yeah, it's good. I didn't watch the second season. I know the second season was a direct continuation of the first, but then I think mm. the third season they reset and they reintroduce the ghost face killer. 
again um but they did it differently and i i've heard terrible reviews about that one so yeah but i definitely should watch the second season i, I don't think the second season is the second season on netflix i know the first one i think is so because i we watched yeah i think we watched it on netflix unless they've removed it i think it's okay. i think it still is cool. i'm gonna have to, go check. have to go check yeah nice. surprise that's a good show oh, surprisingly surprisingly decent it mm. ends so well as well like the ending of the first season is great so that's kind of mm. why i almost didn't want to watch the second because i was worried yeah. how that would go after the ending of the first one so but yeah I'm i mean it's fine don't don't get me wrong don't don't be expecting anywhere near as good as the first season but it's right. it's fine tv it's not but in terms of other ones like i've, I've not seen I, I, i've not seen any of the exorcist like which i hear was okay the mm. exorcist series uh, tv series i mean not not the movies Ooh. um I, I I regularly delve back to Freddy's nightmares because it's 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 so bad it's fantastic. Oh yeah, um, just got the, again got that's, the box that's set and to, the, the yeah. first two episodes are on the DB, the Blu-ray box set that I've got for that. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to have to watch those now. Those are the two to watch because they're the only ones about Freddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> everything yeah. else just becomes a the kind of anthology type thing where he's basically the crypt keeper and appears at the start and goes, oh, cracks some atrocious pun about someone cutting class and or some shit like that um but the first two are, are basically the 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 origins of freddy like him at court and them up in court on, on being accused of all these child killings and the the search warrant not being filed in properly and stuff and him going free and how he kind of basically how how he ends up getting burnt uh, by the parents so it's, it's actually yeah. a really cool kid uh, prequel almost to the first movie, and then it just goes batshit like <laughs> cheesy Twilight Zone and horror anthology. Um, which I think Brad Pitt was in one of them, like a really oh, young wow. Brad Pitt, one episode. Amazing, um, brilliant. So yeah, <laughs> nice. sorry, I'm I'm going. Oh, I go off on a million tangents. No, no, no. Start first, so. Um, yeah. I, I always love when there's like you see young actors kind of cutting their teeth in horror movies, like a, oh, yeah. Jennifer Jennifer so Aniston in the first Leprechaun is so funny. <laughs> Like, yeah. she obviously doesn't want to be in that movie. She doesn't talk about it. If anyone brings it up, she's like, I didn't do those movies. Like, don't, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, There's been a lot of weird ones. Like, like, Meg Ryan was in, like, Amityville 3. Um, Matthew like, McConaughey was in Texas Chainsaw Next Generation right. with that's Renee right. Selwicker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Dream team. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And there's one like monster in my closet that's some kind of really bad. Like I don't know if it was trauma or it wasn't trauma, but it's some of that elk. And Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas was in it, along with what's his face from Fast and Furious, um, who died. And Paul Walker. Walker. There's both his children, like they're, they're in it. Like so that's. And Paul Walker was a uh, he was in another like trashy slasher. It, I wouldn't call it a slasher, but I really like uh, Taming and the T Rex, which is like a romantic comedy yes. about a T. Yes. 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 I love that movie. Anyway. Any, I think anybody who knows bad movies has heard of uh, Tammy and the T-Rex. Iconic. That's, yeah, we've Denise got... Denise Richards' um, finest hour, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, there's a, a film club in Bristol just called Bristol Bad Film Club, and I am mm. so grateful for them. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've found so many incredible movies. I, I, I did that for a brief period, like pre-kid. Like I, I did like a regular bad movie, Double Bills, and the one that got the most... Um, the best the, 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 the best reaction basically was a double bill of Deadly Friend, like Wes Craven's, like the one that Wes Craven never talks about or never talked about, I should say, um, and Voyage of the Rock Aliens, which is the most incredible 80s 
musical you will ever see. It's like Pia Zadora is in it, um, and 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 they kind of sold it as like. Uh, and starring Jermaine Jackson, basically it's Pia Zadora and Jermaine Jackson do like the, the the theme song for it. So Jermaine Jackson turns up at the start and then fucks off and is never in it again. Um, and it's just it is it is one of the it is one of my favourite movies of all time. And nobody's heard of it, and it's devastating because it's it is the cheesiest campest eighties disco musical you will ever see. And the outfits are incredible. Pia Zadora's outfits are beyond belief. The, 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 it is the greatest. Everyone go and watch it, please. Please. I, I, I looked incredible. up the poster and I'm I'm very excited. Thank you for putting that on our, on our radar. Well, well I think I think we'll have to do a separate bad film podcast because oh. I honestly I'm in. I'm yeah, in. I already have so many films <laughs> I want to talk about, but yes. I'm mindful of uh it's probably time we wrap up and go to bed, unfortunately, guys. All right. I know it's early for you, Bella, but it's starting to get quite late in the UK. <laughs> um I just yeah. need to say one more word. And go people on, can go, go if people know it, they know it, and if they don't, they can go and do the research. Ghost Watch. That's all I'm oh, saying. Yes. Everyone can go and research Ghost Watch if they've never seen it. If they've seen it, they know. And that's it. That's all. Yeah. I think okay. that's something of, of our time, Chris. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> the oldies. Um, oh, definitely. But, but yeah, everyone should see it, though. But yeah. They should. It is incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. I've got so much homework to do after today. Yeah. But this is good. I, I, I'm I'm happy to have a load of spooky films to watch. Andrew, I'm going to be borrowing your DVDs. Are, are you feel free. Uh, you've got a bit of a drive <laughs> to get down here to borrow them. But go for it. I don't we'll have you my Blu-rays, but it's like a plane, it's like a plane ride. <laughs> yeah, okay. It gets more difficult. It's all right. I, and obviously, I don't uh, rip anything, so it's going to have to be the Blu-ray. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, Awesome. You, you're just trying to stop this podcast. You can go and delete all those Metroid ROMs and, and free up your hard drive. <laughs> just, just before I get caught. <laughs> before Papa Nintendo finds you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> just, just because I work with Nintendo, I don't emulate Nintendo games. Let's get that Same. very clear in case anybody <laughs> listens. Same. It, it would not be good for my relationship with them. Anyway. Yeah, I <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Awesome. Um, right, that was a great chat. Thank you so much, guys, and thank you, Chris, for joining us as well. It's really fun having you on. And uh, if we do do a bad movie podcast, you are the first person who's getting invited. I'll, because... I'll be mortally offended if I'm not on it. Like, uh, <laughs> I'd love to be on it. When you get um, that was a bit mental up and running again. Let us know, and maybe we can time it because that would awesome. be lovely to know. Nice one. Cheers. Thank you. Awesome. All right, and anyone else, uh, Andrew? Before we before we sign off, is there anything else we need to push? Because you're the man in charge. Oh, um, I guess just keep an eye out um, on our Twitter feed, which is at uh, Lost in Cult, because we do have lots of stuff coming up. We'll be plugging everything we do on Members Club there. And also uh, because we're getting very close to printing for volume two, we'll start to kind of um, show you some of the art pieces, which are incredible. Um, some amazing art that's uh, that's coming out of this book. Um, so, yeah, just uh, just keep an eye on our Twitter and uh, we'll have lots of cool stuff to show you very soon. Yes, it's going to be very exciting. And one day in the not so distant future, people are going to be holding volume two in their hands. And that's all going to be absolutely wonderful. I, I'm so excited by the the images I've seen of the test prints. Yes. They're incredible. They, y'all have done immac- like everyone, design, writing, everything. It's just, it's immaculate. Yeah. yeah. John, if you're listening, God bless you. And Jason. Yes. 
and poor John, it's like hundreds of hours deep into this project at this point. He needs to sleep at some point. So we do have to finish it uh, before he dies from lack of sleep. But yeah, I mean, we've got a, a new printer this time. So the print quality is absolutely incredible, even better than the first, if you can believe it. Um, and the first yeah, was great. Just, First yeah. as great as it was. Exactly, so. exactly. It was great, but it, I mean, from the t- the test print that I've seen, like the new printer is kind of the colours pop so much, you know. And we've got some amazing articles this time. Like there's some incredible stuff. Um, you know, your article, uh, Nate, about the uh, Hollow Knight community is fantastic. We've got one about um, the uh, speedrunning community in terms of Ratchet and Clank and the Pokey Skip, which is really good. Uh, one about the D games by Kenji Eno. Um, and if anybody doesn't nice. know who Kenji Eno is, you really should know who he is because he is an incredible author. Um, but yeah, we've got some amazing stuff and uh, and we're already planning uh volume three um and i believe every every i think yeah i think the person who is uh, sat with us today as a guest may may well be may well be in volume three i can neither confirm nor deny but yes <laughs> <laughs> but confirmed yeah that's fair that could be our little secret <laughs> and everyone listening yeah yeah awesome. you mean right, everyone uh, we know yeah <laughs> um where can people find you online chris if they want to follow you um, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Scully1888. Uh, my games site is tiredoldhack.com. My horror, site, horror film site is thatwasabitmental.com. And my kind of day job is videogameschronicle.com, uh, where you can get all the latest gaming news with no bullshit, basically. Um, but yeah, all good. Absolutely wonderful. Bella, if people want to find you, where can they, where can they head? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at VHSVivich. Um, I do blogging over for Nataku, and uh, I was recently over, I guessed it, on Secondhand Film Critics to talk about the Slumber Party Massacre trilogy. And uh, you can also listen to my other podcasts, Riketo Punchy and uh, I Hate Movies, except when I don't. Also, I have another, I have like a piece or two coming to the Members Club for Lost and Cult within the next month, so look forward to those. I definitely am. And mm-hmm. Andrew, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me occasionally tweeting at Osmond84 when I'm not like just doing other things um, and um, trying to get back into podcasting for my own podcast, which is uh, at Dreamcast Years. Uh, so we've just released our new Game of the Year edition episode. I say just by the time this comes out, that'll be old hat. Um, but you can go <laughs> listen to, to that. But yeah, just keep an eye out, um, as I said, for um, everything Lost in Cult at Lost in Cult um, and join the members club. Because we can't, we can't, we can't. What's the word? I honestly, it's that late. I, like I'm usually in bed like an hour ago because <laughs> I'm on early shift. <laughs> All words have left my head, and I can't even remember things to say. But yeah, just, just yeah, go join the. And if you. If- if you want a good like just overview of what's a members club, we all kind of like John and Andrew and I kind of put together this newsletter called Lost in Culture each week. And on top of just talking about stuff that has come out that past week in gaming, books, vinyl, Blu-ray, we also kind of give a spotlight to what's gone on members club and what's going on around Lost in Cult and Lock On in general. So and that's completely free. So if you want to just kind of see what we're doing, go yeah. check that out to get an idea. And if you like what you see, like, yeah, please absolutely sign up and, and read all the amazing stuff we have on there. Bella, I need to move your coffee. Like, you've just, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, thanks for saving my ass. Bella, yeah, I think Bella needs to host the next podcast. Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm a terrible (laughs) host.
awesome. And uh, I guess if anyone wants to follow me, you can find me at Nathan Destroy. And if you really want to see some more of my writing, I am a staff writer for Pocket Tactics. Um, and that's that's kind of it, really. Um, other than the stuff in Lost and Cult, that is that is where I do my my side little projects, and that's where my my heart goes to with little things that I couldn't write elsewhere. I said um, the modesty in in Nate here. Like, uh, if if anyone wants to follow me on, if anyone wants to, he's a, the man is a very good writer and, and very <laughs> worth uh, absolutely worthwhile uh, reading his stuff and following him on Twitter. So, and that uh, goes for everyone here. Get them all followed. Um, I mean, I, I don't know why I'm. I'm promoting you. I'm like, I imagine people listening to this already know who you are. I'm <laughs> muscling in here and trying to be the, the promo yeah, guy. Never mind. Just ignore no, me. That's, hey, we, we appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Right. It's time for bed then, guys. Thank you very much for joining in. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Later. Bye. Bye. We did it. We did. Oh my god! Oh my god. I'm, we cast I'm gonna, it a pod. <laughs> I'm gonna throw my laptop out the window. Oh my Christ! Back up those ROMs first. <laughs> Fuck! Chris, <laughs> holy shit! That's why I've got no room. <laughs> you only need one. I don't know why you've got a thousand copies of the same game. <laughs> oh my god! I'm so oh, annoyed. No. Oh boy! So annoyed. Thank you for bearing with me. Hopefully it wasn't too uh, obvious when I just dropped out of the chat. No, we made it a big deal. Because I, I was an idiot. I was like, oh, he's gone. And not <laughs> not realising that, I should just keep going and just like, pretend it didn't happen. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome.